Be seated, please, if you will. And if you've got your Bible, we're going to be in the book of 2 Corinthians this evening. I encourage you to get your Bibles and join with us as we look at a simple lesson that we hope will be helpful for you. we delighted to have each of you with us, delighted to have those who are watching us on live stream as we can come to study God's Word. It's been a good day. Every time we come together and worship God, it is a good day. Don't know what's going on in the world, what's going on in your heart, but coming together. As Jason said, this is like an oasis. And things like the world can be falling apart, but in here, because of God, everything seems right. And whenever we get to study God's Word together, we get to encourage one another. It's always a wonderful, wonderful occasion. So we're glad to do this. This evening, we're going to look in the book of 2 Corinthians. We're going to start in chapter 4, but then also chapter 5. We're going to look at this principle called inside-outside. And there was a story of a little boy one day, and he was just a little mouthy with his mom. And so she put a chair in the corner and told him to go sit in the chair. And mom went about her business. A little bit later on, she asked the boy, are you still sitting in the chair? And he said, I'm sitting on the outside, but I'm standing on the inside. And that, that sometimes can describe us. You know, on the outside, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. But on the inside. And that inside-outside, that difference, is the beginning of what we call hypocrisy. The idea that on the outside, I paint this picture to you. On the outside, I'm, I'm concerned about my image. On the outside, I do everything that looks right. But on the inside, that's not really how I feel. Inside, outside. It's a very important concept as you think about that. Years ago, I got to go to a place where they were making some Hollywood movies. And when you walk down the main street, you're just amazed at this town that the producers have built for this movie. Then you turn the corner and you realize those really weren't houses. They were about that thick. All they were was the front and the door. There was nothing on the inside. If you walk through that door, there was no ceiling, there was no walls, no back wall. It's called a facade. And that's what hypocrisy is. Our word hypocrisy comes from the Greek and means the word actor. Now today when we think about actors, we think about these multimillionaires that are making all these movies and they're paid all this money and at the end of the movie there's about 10 minutes of all the people involved with that. In the Greek plays, there's typically one person and he did everything and he'd have different masks. So he'd turn around and put this mask on, throw his voice and he's the hero. Next thing you know, he'd turn around, take that mask off, and put on another mask, throw his voice, and he's a damsel in distress. He'd turn around and take off that mask and put on another mask, throw his voice, and he was the evil bad guy. All that came about by one person. And through that word, hypocrisy, it's the idea of wearing masks. And so what the Apostle Paul does in 2 Corinthians in two places, he talks about inside, outside. And that's what we want to look at this evening. Very simple lesson, but we hope it helps you as you think about your walk with Jesus Christ. We begin, first of all, in chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians, and we're going to look at verse 16. Here he uses the word outer man and inner man. 
2 Corinthians 4, verse 16. If you're in my Sunday morning Bible class, you see the word, verse 16, beginning is therefore. We talked this morning about key words, connecting words. If you follow through chapter 5, look at verse 6, verse 9, verse 11, 16, 17, 20. Therefore, therefore, there. there's a lot of therefores in this chapter. He's connecting things. But in verse 16, therefore, we do not lose heart. But though our outer man is decaying, our inner man is being renewed day by day. In this passage, what Paul is saying is our insides and our outsides are going different directions. On the outside, we're falling apart. We're decaying. Okay? All you have to be is my age and spend a day with the grandkids. And all of a sudden, you think, man, why is my back hurting? Why is this hurt? All you have to do is my age, be my age and go out and play some basketball with some guys who are about 20 years younger. And you realize, I could do this. I can't do this today. And what this is showing us is that the reference to our body, the aging of that, the miles we put on that, the outer man is decaying. But the inner man is being renewed. The inner man is getting better. So here in this beginning passage, what Paul is saying is the insides and the outsides, they're going different directions. And what he tells us is really two things here. First of all, what happens on the outside doesn't have to affect the inside. My outside is not getting better. My outside is not improving. My outside is falling apart. But my insides are getting stronger and stronger in Jesus. And so that reminds us as he talks about this inside-outside concept that we need to see when we talk about our physical bodies how that works. Now, before we go to the next section where Paul uses this again, let me just say this and say this kindly. When you don't feel well... Most of us are not in a good mood. We don't feel well. We understand that. But sometimes when you get to be a certain age and nothing is working right anymore, that just kind of makes us think that we become the capital grump of society. And we need to see that what Paul's saying here, that seems awful loud, guys. Turn it down because I'm going to do some preaching, okay? <laughs> okay. So what that tells us is that what happens on the outside doesn't affect the inside, and I ought to demonstrate that I'm being renewed. Yeah, my outside's falling apart. Yeah, my outside's decaying. Yeah, I'm not the way I used to be. But however, it has not soiled my spirit. It's not soured my attitude. It's not made me a grump in life. And that's a reminder to us as we consider that. Now, the next time Paul uses this concept inside, outside, is in the next chapter, chapter 5. Now, he won't actually use the words outer and inner, but the concept is found there. And that's principally where we want to be this evening. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, let's begin with verse 14, verse 14, and read to verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 Verse 14 down through verse 17. Here the apostle says, For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he who died for all, that they may live, should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no man according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. 
Verse 17, therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now, there's a lot of things in there. And we're going to kind of peel the layers off. But what he really gets to, as we look at verse 16 and verse 17, is that because of a change inside, it's affecting how we help people on the outside. The inside and the outside, in this occasion, are on the same page as they ought to be. And this helps us to see this. Now, he will tell us in verse 15, because of Christ, we no longer live to ourselves. That's what we've been talking about this year. That's been part of our theme. No longer I who live. I live in Jesus Christ. I am his, is what Jason preached this morning. Next Sunday, Lord willing, I'm going to preach, and he is mine. As we talk about this theme, and belonging to Christ, as Paul would say in Galatians chapter 2, and verse 20, that I've been crucified, it is no longer I who live. He lives in Jesus Christ. And so he would say in verse 17, therefore, if any man is in Christ, he says, that person is a new creation. We'll talk about that word new in just a moment. But then as he talks about the old things passed away, the emphasis is in Christ. Because Christ is in me, because of faith, that's the inner man, that's the internal man, because of those things, things have changed. And that's going to bring an inside-outside change. Ephesians chapter 1 reminds us that all spiritual blessings are in Christ. In Christ. I am his. How do I get in Jesus? That's a fair question to ask, isn't it? If you were to ask somebody, I want to go to college. How do I get into college? Well, there's steps you take, isn't there? If you say, well, I want to get into this. How do I get into this? There's steps you take. And biblically, the steps begin with baptism. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 27, for all of you who were baptized in Christ have clothed yourselves or put on Christ, as he would say in Romans chapter 13, verse 14, he said, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put them on. That's how one gets in Christ. That's where all this begins. The inner man is changed because I have put on Jesus. Put on. That takes some effort. Reminds me of a kindergarten student one day. Snowy day like we've had the last few days. End of class day, he was going to go home. He was struggling with his boots, so his mother or his school teacher came over to help him out. She grunted, and he grunted, and they grunted, and they grunted, and they got the boots on. He stood up, and they were on the wrong feet. Off they went. Got him back on, right feet. Where's your mittens? Well, they're in my boots. Off goes the boots. Got the mittens on. Put the boots on. Then he says, these aren't my boots. Off goes the boots. He says, these are my brother's boots. On goes the boots. But all that illustrates coming to Christ takes some effort. You want to go to heaven, it's not easy. You've got to put some effort into it. You've got to put first things first. You've got to work as God wants you to work and to do those things. And so putting on Christ, being in Christ, I am his, begins first with your faith in Jesus Christ and in baptism. That's where it begins. Now the Apostle Paul says this. He says, he is a new 
creation or a new creature. Galatians chapter 6 would say it this way. He says, for, his, for neither is circumcision anything nor uncircumcision. He is a new creation or a new creation. Again, we find this concept in the book of Romans chapter 6 where it talks about baptism. To rise and walk in the newness of life. Life that is new, he would say. A different kind of life. Here in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, again, just looking at some passages that helps us to see this concept of this new life we have in Jesus. He would say here in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, beginning verse 21, If indeed you heard him and have been taught in him just as the truth is in Jesus, that in reference to the former manner of life you lay aside the old self. He's going to tell us that in the book of Corinthians. We're going to put off the old self which is being corrupted in accordance with lust and deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self. So when Paul's here in 2 Corinthians 5 talking about this inside-outside, it begins first with us on the inside, that I am a different person. I am changed because of Jesus Christ. And because of Jesus Christ, there is that difference. Colossians chapter 3 would say it this way in verse 10 as he emphasizes this. And have put on the new self who's been renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of one who created him. Now, things are no longer the same. They are old. But now they're things that are new. Now, the word new is interesting. You know, we, in the Bible, it's used two different ways. You could say, for Christmas... I got a new shirt. For Christmas, I got a new puppy. I drive a new car. Brand new, that's what that means. Another way the word new is used is to talk about different. Not the same, a different kind. And that's the word that's being used here. He's talking about a different kind. Now, years ago, we listened to music by 8-track. And the most of the time, you, you fast forward or rewound time trying to find your song. Because there's no way to get to that song without just hitting the right moment. Forward, backward, forward, backward, forward, backward. And then came along the magical word of cassettes. Oh, how nice that was. You could make your own music on cassettes. Then came those big old things. You had to be strong and go to the gym to carry one of those around. Boom boxes. Then came the magical world of CDs. How great music sounded. And today, it looks like that. Now, is that the same thing as an A-track? No, it's a different technology. It's a different kind. And so Paul says, you are a new creation. You are a new creature. He doesn't mean brand new out of the box, never used before. He's saying you are a different kind. You're changed. You're not the way you used to be. For us... It's just not a matter of adding church to your life. It means I have changed. And that's kind of the emphasis we look at this. So let's talk for a moment about what is new. What's different? Paul says we are a new creation. Well, one thing that's new is how we think about things. How we think about ourselves. Got your Bible to go with us, the book of Philippians, if you will. Philippians chapter 2. Jason took us all through Philippians today. But notice Philippians chapter 2. And verse 3, Philippians 2, verse 3. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, 
but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. Who's most important? If I've got this change in me, if I'm following Jesus as I should be, I'm not going to say, well, I think it's me. No, it's not me. I'm viewing you as more important than me. A change of our thinking. Now, how different that is to the culture we live in today. Our culture we live in today is all about self. And I'm the most important. And you need to listen to my opinion. And you need to do what I want to do because it's all about me. Not in Jesus. There's been a change. Things are different. Things are new. We also understand our thinking about what is important changes. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus would say, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And again, that idea of seeking what is important to God. In the book of Romans, in chapter 12, Paul talks about some application here. He says, beginning at verse 10 of Romans 12, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. What he's saying here is how we view what is important changes. It's different now. What's important now is helping you get to heaven. What's important now is Jesus and his kingdom. Those are things that we see. And then our disposition changes. Again, go back to the book of Colossians, with, if you will. Colossians 3, where that passage was about the idea of putting on things that are new. Colossians 3, we begin in verse 12 here. He says, And so those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, Bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone. Just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. I dare say it's been a long time since you saw some of those words at work. Patience at work? Kindness at work? But here he's saying it's going to be found in you because you have changed. Verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. What's different? The way I think is different. And we need to appreciate that. So before the, the outside can change, the inside has to change. Secondly, what also is different is your behavior has changed. Book of 1 Peter, Peter tells us to be holy as God is holy. Serving others, helping where you can. And then our purpose has changed. Back in that 2 Corinthians 5 passage, Paul would say in verse 9, we make it our ambition to please him. So all this, all these, this strand of thought right now is about our insides. Insides, outsides. First of all, what we see is our insides are different. We think differently. We act differently. We are different. Not new but a different kind than what it used to be. Now, from that, we go back to our study, and now look at verse 16. Because here comes the outside. Because of the inside, verse 17, the outside changes, verse 16. He says, therefore, from now on, notice that, from now on, 
we recognize no man according to the flesh. What's that mean? I recognize somebody by the flesh. Well, I may recognize some as appearance. We got some folks with beards, some who don't have beards, some who probably should have beards. Okay? I don't that doesn't mean anything to me now. We recognize where you're from. Some of you have lived in Indiana all of your life. Some of you have, are transplanted. Some of you are from Kentucky. And I don't look at you that way. I don't look at you any other way. Now, put this in the gospel. John chapter 4. Here's this woman in Samaria. She's been married five times. Now she's living with somebody she's not married to. What words would we use? Loose, immoral, sinful, far from God, sinner. We don't look at people according to the flesh anymore. John chapter 8, a woman's brought to Jesus who was just in the act of immorality, brought right to him. The words we could use, loose, immoral, godless, tramp. We don't look at people that way anymore. And so what he's saying here is we do not recognize one by the flesh. Because our insides have changed, how we look on the outside has changed. I don't see tattoos. I don't see race. I don't see this or that. What I see is people who need Jesus. What I see is people that Jesus died for. What I see is people who God loves. And how we can put everybody in a little category, put everybody in a little box. But Paul says, I don't do that anymore. And, and again, there, there's passages in our Bible, for instance, if you go with me back to Galatians 3. There are places in our Bible where that was very relevant, relevant that they would do these things. So, for instance, at the end of Galatians chapter 3, he would say in verse 28, there's neither Jew nor Greek. Well, that made a big difference back then. Jew. You're from Abraham. You got that long heritage. You were God's people. Greeks were pagans. They worshiped rocks and worshiped trees and two different avenues. I don't see people that way anymore. That's what Paul's saying. I don't see people that way anymore. Then he would say in Galatians 3, verse 28, he says, neither male nor female. And again, that was a huge difference in the first century world. Paul says, I don't see that anymore. What I see is people who God loves people who God died for. And then he would say, slave and free man. I don't see that anymore. I don't see that the master is better than the slave. I don't see that the slave is below the master. I don't see status. I don't see people based on their education. I don't see people based upon their money. I don't see people based upon their car. I see people who are either in Jesus or they're not. And Jesus loves them all. And so, what a simple little concept as we think about this idea of inside, outside. Because his inside changed, his outside changed. Because his inside changed, his view of others have changed. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves of this. Sometimes we forget this. And sometimes we want to kind of put people in classes like they did in the first century world. And sometimes we forget what the big picture is. But, and through all of this, what we see running through this is this theme that we're doing this year. I am his, and he is mine. And I think sometimes we forget that we're not God's gift. 
Sometimes I think we're not, we forget that we don't deserve what we have. We don't deserve to have the Holy Word of God in our hands. We don't deserve to bow our heads and speak to Him. How dare you speak to me who you are? We don't deserve to sing songs to Him. But by His grace, by His love, by His compassion, by His sacrifice, we are allowed to do that. And so that changes. That makes us different. And because of that, how we treat others is different. And I think a simple, simple lesson like this is so needed in our times today. Because we are living in times where everybody wants to put people in categories. And if you don't fit in my category, you don't agree with me, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to befriend you, and I'm going to shut you down, and I'm going to have nothing to do with you. Because you are not like me. Well, I see a different story here. What I see is because God has changed me. I need to look at other people as God sees them. And when I look at them the way God sees them, what a difference that totally makes. So that's our thoughts for this evening. I hope it just gives you some things. It should remind us, first and foremost, you got to be changed on the inside. Your inner sides need to be renewed day by day, as he says in chapter 4. And just sitting in the church building doesn't get you to heaven. You've got to be working on that yourself. Your choices, your attitude, how you see others, all of that has an impact. Am I really different? Or am I just the same guy with a coat of paint on the outside? And that's something we need to think about. And then once you start seeing that difference, getting that in Jesus Christ, then what happens is it changes how you treat other people. And you start realizing, I'm not better than anybody. I'm thankful God allows me on his team. Won't you come on his team too? And so this evening, if you're not a Christian, you need to become one by giving your heart to God. Realize that Jesus wants you to be baptized and to walk with him. For those of us that are Christians, sometimes our problem is inside-outside. Sometimes we come together on a Sunday night and the outsides look pretty good. But what's going on on the inside? Have I worshipped this evening? Or have I just been sitting here daydreaming? Have I worshipped this evening? Or have I been sending texts and playing on my phone? Have I worshipped this evening? Or have I just sat in church building? Your insides, your outsides. And I believe once we understand that concept, it helps us in our walk. I am his. It's so a valuable lesson. If you're subject, why don't you come as we stand? As we stand.